Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by Armani Buckets and Brendan Deutsch. How are we doing? I'm doing all right. I mean, I know that you guys, uh, Arash, you want to mention what you said before the show started or, or not yet? Listen, we're only three games <laughs> into the season, but this is not looking like a uh, playoff team. So I said Armani Buckets for right now. Unless uh, Rob Palinka does something to change the course of the season, uh, you are right at the moment. Okay, there we go. Yeah, it wasn't a great day for me yesterday. The Lakers, you know, blew it. I was watching that game. They looked very good down the down the stretch, and um, you know, then Westbrook comes in. They're up ninety-eight to ninety, yeah. and it's over. I know we'll get into it, but once Westbrook stepped on that court, I was like, it's over. And then the wild shot early in the shot clock. We'll get into. But I'm with Arash now. You got to ship Westbrook and the picks. Because, like, I mean, you got to attribute it to this. The Lakers always attract superstars, right? Yeah. Even when LeBron retires, Davis is in a wheelchair at 34 or whatever. You know, <laughs> no, one, no one saw that joke. <laughs> Davis in a wheelchair at 34, maybe. Um, but, look, they're going to attract superstars. I think at this point you got to give up the picks and try and ride this out with LeBron. You put yourself in this position. And then, yeah. obviously, the Niners choked at home so not a great day for me as a sports fan they didn't just get choked i mean they got blown out whatever no, that choked. defense they choked they were well you got to... blown out it's not like 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 you know it's not like it was no, a close they game they got... it was a close game and then they what was they, the final it, score it was 44 to 23 that's all that matters that's, i mean you got blown i mean like no. what what is a blowout 23 to 28 in the is that a blowout quarter. i didn't get a chance no, no, no. Unfortunately. i'm just telling you what the final score is Ugh. i mean you can't parse when was it, it like 28 23 i mean like it's like me with the Rams in the first game of the season like if, if I were to say well that was a close game in the third quarter like what was the final score was that it is po- true that is it, true it was a blowout at the end but in the fourth the end. In the was fourth it 28 quarter, to 23 in, in the fourth quarter yes Okay, yes. well, what was the, f- I mean, the final score, like, are, are we just, the, the final score matters. Yeah, it sounds like If a you're blowout. playing your reserves in the last couple minutes, if it looks like a preseason game That's when I turn blowout. on the TV, it's a blowout. But uh, listen, we don't really need headlines today. We need to talk about Russell Westbrook. I mean, this is the biggest story in Los Angeles right now. It's the biggest story to anyone who cares remotely about the Lakers and and regardless of how they're, they're, they're doing. It's the number one team. Because when you ask, why are they putting them on national TV? People watch train wrecks. People watch car chases. People watch things that are like, what the heck am I watching? So, three games into the season, we knew this was going to happen. Now, we didn't know it was going to be this bad. And it is far worse than we thought. But the fact that Russell Westbrook... Goes 0 for 11 against the Clippers. First home game of the season. Walking off the court. And this was a, a viral clip. And the fan says, you know, hey, Russ, you suck, whatnot. You hear that. He heard that a ton. And the fact that he wants to come back out and confront that fan. The fan who's a Lakers fan probably is frustrated the fact that this guy can't hit a shot. That's where we're at. That was two games uh, two, two games in. Now three games in. It's continuing. Now listen, he's playing good defensively. It is painful to watch him play. Not only is it painful to watch him on the court post game. 
this combative, uh, you know, it's not even a press conference. Because, again, with this new tier system, and a lot of fans don't know this, the majority of the media cannot go into the locker room. So Russ is only talking to a handful of reporters. And these are the same reporters that are at practice and the same reporters who come to the games and the same reporters who travel. He's tired of looking at them. They're probably tired of looking at him. So those are the only handful of reporters who are talking to him post-game. And how combative it is where like he, he, he's asked a very simple question and he wants to repeat the question and it's just, you know, you know, back and forth is just frustrating to watch. So the, the Lakers have to trade him unless they want to completely punt on this season, which, listen, if they keep him, that's what they're doing. They are punting yeah. on this season. Yeah, I mean, just him being on the floor, literally, it's an expiring contract. Yes, you could wait and only give up one pick for that Rozier package or one protected pick for that if you wait to the deadline. But they, they could be, Armand, you're right, they could be owing like, 35 you know what i'm saying like you like i'm serious and then there's no point in trading that look it depends it's a cost benefit analysis right the the lakers are given they're going to have to give up their 27 29 first round picks but if they want to appease lebron if you get a miles turner and buddy healder you get terry rogier pj washington gordon hayward that makes the lakers a five or six seed i truly believe that the Suns have not impressed me even though they beat the clippers last night and they beat the Mavericks and came back. They haven't impressed me. Besides Devin Booker, the team can't score. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the Timberwolves haven't done anything to me. I think when they traded, I said this after the Gobert trade, when they traded Jared Vanderbilt, who's been one of the anchors of the Utah Jazz's 3-0 start, and they traded their two best perimeter defenders, Vanderbilt and Beverly, they're not that good. Yeah. Literally, if the Lakers got one shooter, they'd be the sixth seed in the Western Conference right now, in my opinion, six or seven. Yeah, a lot to say. All right. Well, one shooter is not going to fix this. Well, two shooters. Let's uh, three good players. They, okay. Um, so I wanted to start off with talking about the positives. I'm surprised you guys didn't bring it up. This Lakers defense is finding something right now. They have something special potentially on the defensive side of the ball. When Pat Bev, JTA, LeBron, Davis, and Lonnie are on the court, that defense can be the number one unit in the entire league. Now, conversely, the offense might be the number 30 unit at the same exact time, That's the problem. but it's the trade-off that you take. And the issue is, we're talking about Russell Westbrook, but with a minute and a half left in the game, first of all, the issue is Darvin Ham putting him back in the game. That was just nonsensical. No sense. Have no idea what he's thinking. Minute and a half left in the game, people are going to harp on the Westbrook shot. Pat Bev takes a terrible shot, sidestep three, up by five. Then the next possession, no ball movement. LeBron's holding the ball up top for the whole possession. He takes a terrible contested sidestep three now Westbrook then the next possession does I don't know what he's thinking I do know what he's thinking he's thinking two for one but it, in that moment in the game you don't go two for one you hold the ball you get the best shot possible you run the clock but again this Westbrook scapegoating stuff I understand why people do it he's not helping his cause at all but the issues with this team is so much so much deeper than Westbrook and they uh -huh. cannot shoot they won't be able to shoot it's a and big I tried part, though. <laughs> I tried to tell it you is last a big game part. that you you said it can't get worse shooting-wise, and I said, well, it might stay the same, though. It'll stay the it's same. It's historically but at, bad. Westbrook lost us that game. At some point, it will They'll improve. Have it can't games. be. They, they, they're not going to shoot 20% from three the, the entire season. I mean, Correct. I guess they, they could, but like, I don't think that they will. But the Westbrook component is not just what he's doing 
on the court. When you look at LeBron James when he's asked about him and how he's walking on um, eggshells in terms of not wanting to disrupt what is already a problem and so he's just going to keep his head down and he's going to say hey this is russ those guys kinds of get but that's not what he's thinking uh clearly and so this is why it, it, it like if they do this trade it doesn't solve all their problems but it is a massive problem it is a massive yes. problem on this team right like now. they're, they're- they're definitely two and one, and possibly three and zero oh if they start the season with Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Or for sure, two and one. I'll be, I'll, I'll feel, you know, because they had the fourth yeah. quarter lead against the Clippers, a fourth quarter lead against the Blazers. Now the Warriors, you know, first game of the season, that's fine. But two and one, I mean, they really should be two and one right now. You know what else I have an issue with is the fact that Anthony Davis shoots two three pointers, and we want Davis to shoot threes. And the other team, Yusuf Nurkic, is literally walking away, looking at the basket. Unbelievable clip! They if you guys are... have not seen this. I had never seen anything like it because, like, even you pretend like you're going to contest, even if you don't want to. When I tell you Yurkic, when he saw where the ball was going, put his head down, rubbed his eye, took a breather. Probably and yawned. Yawned and kind of just was like, where where do I get the rebound? And even he was, the, the work he had to put in was that the miss was off the side of the backboard. I mean, th- then he had to kind of like move a little bit to get the rebound. He didn't even try, when he saw where the ball was going, head down, rubbed his eyes, yawned. I'm just joking, but he be, when I say like not even a pretend contest, yeah. in this league, you at least have the respect of saying this guy's in the NBA. He's a professional basketball player. I'm going to try to contend. He, he didn't even try. And there was no point. With three and a half minutes left, they bring Westbrook back in or whenever it was, and then they put Nurkic on him, and he's standing in the middle of the key, basically, because Westbrook's on the perimeter, yeah. and the spacing on the court is look, just so look, bad. It's not. It's... Look, we started the season thinking, okay, this is a punted season, right? Like, we're not expecting them to win a championship. However, it's a season punted in terms of a championship. Yeah, but yeah, I definitely think a playoff team and, yeah, and the yeah. way that they're going right now. But yeah. Yeah, but then think about this if they get Buddy Heald or Miles Turner or the Terry Rogier. I mean, even if. Let's look, talk about the Rogier trade. I mean, how would that change things for this team? Because the Heald trade is like we've been talking about that for months. Yeah, okay. So the Terry Rogier trade, maybe they only have to give up one first round pick because I don't think the Hornets. To want Rogier and Hayward's contract long term. What that would do is that would effectively eliminate the Lakers from getting Kyrie Irving next summer if they got Rogier and Hayward because of their long term deals. They still have three years left on their contracts, but it would. They are perfect pieces. I feel like to this puzzle, Rogier, little, a little, you know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Not the greatest defender in the world, but he's an offensive playmaker. Yeah, and he used to be a really good defender in Boston. But I, I you know, maybe this Charlotte culture is turned him off you know with miles bridges james book night no defense um but like it's one of those things where he would bring shooting scoring three level scoring playmaking i mean he's been a one-man team with Lamelo ball not there to start the season gordon hayward brings shooting an occasional defense creation right he's he's a knockdown shooter pj washington's a really good wing defender and can and is blossoming into an offensive player so if you get those three guys and you only have to give up one unprotected pick and let's say the second pick is protected even if they give up that that turns you into a championship contender i hate to say i I, it's crazy to say this the lakers have the second defensive rating in the nba second not even fifth because the Suns gave up 95 points to the Clippers that raised theirs and the other teams that played last night. Yeah. The Lakers have the second best defense in the NBA behind the Milwaukee Bucks to start the season. But to your point, <laughs> Buckets, you can't have 
let's just say top 10 defense. I mean, because that, that, that was the, the yeah, whole yeah, top. The goal. Okay, top 10 defense, but you have to have like a top half of the league offense if you want to. Cause you can't offense, have the 30th. Not know. only that, it's the worst rated offensive rating <laughs> since 2011. That's fuck. And their it's shooting is the it worst is since 2011. The 76ers, with a hurt Joel Embiid in literally drafting Markel Fultz that year, they were better. And they didn't yeah. have any shooters. Zero. They had, like Jaleel Okafor was their best player that year. So listen, they will improve, but I don't know to what extent. I mean, so so right now it's historically bad. It's it's the worst we've seen in over ten years. It's I mean it's bad, bad, bad. It's really bad. So they're going to improve on that. Like, are they going to improve to the point where they're like top half of the league? I mean, probably not, unless like they do a really big trade. But you have to be. You have, like when they won the championship. Yeah. They were what top five defense, top yep. ten offense, or what was the comp? Like, what's so, the what's the sweet spot? What's the sweet? I can look exactly, but I know they were top five defense. Top five offensively. Defense. I think they were actually like fourteenth. Okay, year. but so I think that combo of top ten defensively. Top half of the league on offense. So, so they, they were third in defensive rating. Huge. And let's see what they were in offensive rating. 11th. 11th. Well, that's even, you know, that's really good. So I mean, in terms of like, again, you're probably not going to have top five, top five. I mean, that's like going to be historically well, they're, great team. They're but one of the teams in the thir- 14 of the last 15 NBA champions have had a top 11 offensive rating. Yeah. And, you know, in defensive rating. So, so you need that. It's you need that, a mix. It's that mix. I think, again, we're bearing the lead here, though. Anthony Davis looked like a defensive player of the year last year. He looked like an MVP, dog. MVP. So let's say this. Two of the things that we said have to happen for this team, and again, we're only three games in, but two of the things that had to happen, defensively, they had to improve. They had to at least care on the defensive side of the ball. Top 10 would have been great, and they are that. And Anthony Davis has to play like a defensive player of the year, and and he cares and all that. So that's happening. If they do one of these deals, is there a deal out there? So keeping everything in mind, forget the zero and three, forget all that. If Davis is going to play like this, if they're going to play hard on defense and they're going to be a top 10 defensive team, what trade makes them perhaps a contending team? Well, I think the Hornets trade is beneficial, but the issue with the Hornets trade, we always talk about things and not just us, the the mainstream media talks about things from the Lakers side of things. But the Hornets side of things, Yes, they probably want Victor, but they started out 2-1. and one. They're kind of rolling. And by the way, all these guys like Rogier, for example, his trade stock has gone up since the season started. He's been playing amazing. Hayward's playing amazing. Yeah. Washington's playing amazing. As whoever the rapper was, I think, my price yesterday isn't the same price today. Well, who said yesterday's that? Yesterday's price know. is not today's yeah. price. Push exactly. it to Push it <laughs> there, there, we go. Go. there we go. So like, I look at the Hornets trade, and I'm like, well, I don't know what the sweet spot is in terms of a Westbrook deal. And then also the other issue I have with the Lakers right now is that you have Reeves, none, Damian Jones cannot play. I don't think he can play in this league. And then uh, Troy Brown Jr., your bench, the guys that you're relying on, besides those five that came in and defensively changed the game, LeBron, Davis, JTA, Pat Bev, and Lonnie, I'm I'm searching for answers, and again with Darvin Ham, the worst three-point shooting team in the league, and it's not even close. And then you take Matt Ryan out of your rotation, and you plug in Troy Brown Jr., who's not a known shooter. No. So the one shooter you did have, who was a DoorDash driver, is now not playing. Which oh, I don't because get. he can't do the one thing that like that they got him a ticket into this league. I mean, at the very least, like you can't play defense, you can't do anything else. 
If they signed you to shoot threes, by God, you better shoot threes. But let me ask you a question. Every time he shoots, do you think it's going in or out? At this out. point, if you're okay. wearing a Lakers jersey, it's not going in. I, I hear you. <laughs> I mean, at one point, they were like, whatever, you know, 20 of 100 and something on the season. It is really hard to do. I mean, Buckets, if you were to shoot 110 times, you're, you're going to make more than 20. I, I got to imagine. Me and Brandon, I can guarantee you we would. <laughs> I don't know go. what's would going make, on. If you put me in the NBA right now, I'm not even tripping. I would I would be shooting thir- at least 30% from well, three for the Lakers. That's 10% better than what the Lakers are shooting on the season right now, which is, in my view, that's actually like hard to do. Like If you've made it to this point of your life, your career, where you're playing in the NBA and you can't make 20%, that's, uh, I'm sorry, I, that's such a low bar. It's historically I mean, but bad. It's, look, the guys, Patrick Beverly was supposed to be a 38% three-point yeah. shooter last season, which he was. Kendrick Nunn, 38% from three two years ago when he played. These guys aren't performing to their level. They're better defensively. Like, they look good. Like, we know Beverly can lock up defensively. He's been great for them. Great trade, by the way, yeah. regardless of what people say. Well, because THT is done. But, yeah. Well, I, I want to touch on that because that was yeah, the next ahead. issue I wanted to talk about with the Lakers is their defense looks great mainly because AD is roaming and stuff like that. But the guard-to-guard defense, Damian Lillard was just eviscerating anybody that was in front yeah, of him, that's including Damian Pat Lillard. Bev. But if you're paying, if you're trading for a guy like Pat Bev, you expect him to make these guys work, work make these guys harder. struggle. Dame was cooking him, yeah. cooking him. They couldn't even keep him on him. They had to, all right, let's put Lonnie there. Let's put JTA there. That's, that's a concern because when the Lakers won the title, they would make your star player basically have an off night. And right now, Portland beat you with one guy yesterday. Yeah. One guy. Because Simons didn't show up. Grant Nurkic. Simons hasn't showed up all year. Which is also strange. But, yeah, I mean, you can't really lose with LeBron Davis in a top defense. You can't lose to one guy. Somebody yeah, has to be able to 100%. lock him up or at least make him have an I offer. agree. That's, that's another issue. Literally, if they hold Lillard to even 28 points, they win that game. Versus but this 35, is why if they 35. just improve a little bit from outside. I mean, like, like, like. Right now, they're shooting 20% on the season. Like, if they shot 30% or 25%, I mean, I think that they're 2-1. T- and one. Again, these, the two last losses that they had against the Clippers and against the Blazers, where they had the fourth quarter lead in both games, if they're not shooting 19.9% from outside, they probably win both of those games. So that's why like, I'm not really focused on the 0-3. and three. I'm really focused on, like, what can they do? Because defense was such a big key for this team. They had to play defense, and they're playing defense. And Davis is playing like a defensive player of the year. Those are two big questions. And again, three games in, I have to keep stressing that because who knows. But the defense... It's hard to get motivated, to be honest, if you continue to lose. And it's hard to continue to get motivated if after three-pointer after three-pointer. Like, but it's like this. so frustrating because they should at least, at worst, even with their shooting circles, be one and two. There's no way they should have lost that Blazers game. 100%. No way. The Clippers 100%. game, yeah, they had playmakers. Kawhi was clutch. Yeah. Trailblazers, literally, all you had to do was hold the ball, Russ, and he went up for a mid-range. And then LeBron with that awful step. Dude, LeBron, no one could stop LeBron all day going to the basket. And he decides to go and take one of those weird step back threes and he almost airballs. Like, yeah. I don't get that. That's on LeBron, but but yes, it'll be attributed to Westbrook and rightfully so. But, oh man, I don't care. Just sign someone off the streets that can shoot. Right yeah, I mean, they, they probably will have these like guys who are available at the moment, guys who are in the G League. Can, can you make a three-pointer? Like, the person who's doing those contests at halftime or, oh, you know, God. like, I mean, make a three! Listen, 
for right now, they ain't contesting you. They're not con so these are not contested. These are uncontested three point looks that they are missing. That Yurkic video was crazy <laughs> to me. Yeah, that was. was nuts. I mean, it's again one thing not to contest, which is like I mean, like ninety percent of players at least pretend to contest. He literally looked down on the court, rubbed his eye like he just woke up. <laughs> yawned and then really just went to look where the ball was going and the most he had to work on that position was oh shoot he's not missing it off the rim he's missing it off the side of the backboard yeah. the side of the backboard I mean come on now at least Reeves hit a couple threes it's just so frustrating watching them play right now and by the way it's not just the Lakers Oh, they're going to be 0-4. I hope you know that. Well, the, the beginning of their season is so tough They're going to be 0-7 probably. Ugh, Let's be real. Disaster. They play the Jazz too, don't they? Yeah. Jazz are legit right. right now. Let's leave it there for now. This is depressing me to no end. <laughs> oh. When we come back, we will talk about another depressing team in Los Angeles, the Chargers. Good God almighty. When we come back with Fernando Ramirez on the Mightier 1090, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Air 1090. Um, ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline right now. And joining us now, our man on the Chargers, Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you? I'm good, Arash. Thank you so much again for having me on. And, uh, yeah, it's ready to talk a little, a little highlight sport. Oh, man. Well, there's a lot to get into. Let's start with the Chargers just because we were there yesterday. Yeah. Um, I don't know where to start with this team. I mean, I, I really think that the season obviously changed in KC Thursday night with Justin Herbert getting hurt and just the amount of guys who are hurt on this team and you're and just not just being hurt Fernando being carted off and things like that uh like if you can encamps if you can encapsulate what's happening with the Chargers right now so I was I mean you know I live in San Diego it's a two-hour drive I was on on my way home and I was thinking maybe this team isn't as good as we all thought and I was looking at the three wins that they have. Not the Raider one. The Raider one, I, I left that one alone because injuries hadn't happened there. So I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, the Houston Texans are the Houston Texans. So I put that one. I threw that one to the side. Then I go to the um, to the to the Cleveland Browns. Well, Cleveland was a, a, a kind of a dumb fourth down mistake from Staley away from winning that game. Uh, a Kate York missed field goal away from winning that game. Okay, so. You barely made that one. Then you, um, then you played the Broncos on Monday Night Football. Well, Russ, what Russ is cooking is, like I told you guys, he's married to that night nice with chicken, and that's what he's uh, giving out to people. So, uh, so yeah, it's just been – I think that was a mirage, the three-game win streak. And here they face a good team with a veteran head coach, like they did a couple of weeks ago with Jacksonville, and they just got spanked around. And, and you're kind of looking at it, and you're like, well, is this team not that good? And, Arash, I remember at the beginning of the game – 
I kind of looked at you because the Chargers on fourth and one decided to go with Austin Eckler when Austin Eckler is not that kind of back. Yeah. I was like, okay, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you um, QB sneak Justin Herbert there? And it's kind of like, okay, is he is he is he okay? Is he not? What are you guys trying? Because he's taking hits left and right uh, at other times, and it's like right there. Why wouldn't you? You would have had all the momentum. You get the first down. You can go down, score seven points, three points, whatever, and you've jumped ahead on Seattle, especially after that turnover that they had. And it's just like, no, instead, let's go down seventeen points and uh, and try and work our way back, which they could never work their way back. The closest I think they got was. Uh, Seven to seven or fourteen? No, no, seventeen to fourteen. But then after that, Seattle just pulled away, and it's like, okay, maybe this team really isn't that good, and and maybe the the injuries are starting to take uh, a toll on the team. We will talk more about the Chargers, but I do want to get your thoughts because we were there watching together on your laptop, uh, the Padres. Again, fantastic. Man, you're over here outing me a rush. What are you uh, trying to <laughs> Well, listen, you are, you are uh, doing two things at one time, right? Right? So you're, you're <laughs> there you go. covering the uh, Chargers. You were multitasking, my friend. Um, listen, a fantastic season. I mean, I think if I were to tell most Padres fans that you are going to beat the Dodgers in the division series, go on to the championship, championship series, they would have taken that and now you go into the offseason you know perhaps hopefully Fernando Tatis comes back and he's back to what he was before uh put a bow on this season and and again I mean how tough was it to lose in that fashion because I really believe Fernando if they would have found a way to win on Sunday I really think they could have won this whole thing but anyways you're talking about this season for the Padres well you over I, I think you overachieved in a sense I mean Without having your one of your supposed best players, and then you trade for Juan Soto halfway through the year, Juan didn't look comfortable until basically this these last two series against the Dodgers, kind of in the back end of that series, and then obviously in this series he looked pretty comfortable. But uh, but to be honest, now you have the building block. Now you have three superstars uh, on your team moving forward. But talking about this season, man, it's like you can't. There's times where you were down and you came back. You fought through. You were able to get yourself back. I mean, you weren't playing good baseball in August. In September, you really were able to to get it together. You're the fifth seed. You beat the number. You beat the toughest team literally in all of baseball, who happens to be your big brother as well. And and um, and I think that's a positive step moving forward for any Padres fan. Now it's basically the Padres need to go into the offseason. Clevenger cannot be on this team. Uh, Manaya cannot be on this team. Those guys. Gave up game four for you. In game four, Soto homered. Uh, Machado homered. All these guys homered. I think it was game four. If not, yeah, game four. And all these guys um, all these guys homered for you in game four. They had you in there. And Manaya and and, uh, and Clevenger were giving up runs like if they were Halloween candy. Like they were over here. Oh, hey, you want? Here you go. Here you go. Improve your stats. And it's like, and I know they didn't mean to, but it's like you need better pitching behind Musgrove. Like, you have your three. Now go get another guy or another two guys and try and help those guys. Uh, try and help the batting or the the pitching and uh, help improve it. So they need to go do that. They need to find themselves a first baseman because I think uh, I, I I don't think Will Myers should be back on this team. I think he went one for like thirty something in the playoffs, like or twenty something, and it was just bad. Um, but no, it was a good season for them. Now it's about building. Now my question is on April 20th, uh, Arash, and I kind of want to get your um, your perspective on this. On April 20th, 420, yeah, woo, let's all celebrate 420. 
Fernando Tatis Jr. will make his return. In my opinion, I think he will be booed because fans are going to be a little bit pissed off about, oh, what could have been. That's the problem with San Diego, and that's what happens in San Diego. There's a lot of what if. What if Marlon McCree wouldn't have fumbled that football against the Patriots in 2006 and the Chargers play the Colts, and then they would have had to have played the Chicago uh, Bears in the Super Bowl and Rex Roseman? There's a lot of what ifs in San Diego. What if Tatis would have played? Could we have won it all? So I think he'll receive a, a mixture of boos and some cheers, but once he hits that first home run, I think everything will be back to order. But uh, what do you think, Ross? Do you think he gets booed on uh, that the day that he comes back, or what are your thoughts? He does get booed. Uh, but listen, so, I think it's a short-term boo. And again, people exactly. forget about this, and I, I'm going to bring this up just because sometimes fans want to let players know how they feel, but it's not a forever thing. You know, when when exactly. Kobe, uh, the year prior to the Pau Gasol trade, I mean, Kobe was very frustrated with where the team was at. And he, you know, he very publicly petitioned to be traded. He was on every talk show saying, I want to get <laughs> shipped out. The Laker fans booed him the first game of the season. Then they returned back to, listen, you're part of the team. If we're going to win, you're going to be obviously a big part Mm -hmm. of that. So I think San Diego will let uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. know how they felt about what happened. They are very mad at him. But, listen, first home run, they're going to lose their minds. They're going to go back to normal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, and I I feel like, like I said, you have the building blocks. You have Juan Soto under contract. You have Fernando Tatis and you have Manny Machado. You have superstars. Now it's about letting the bats fly. You need to get a couple of pieces, like I said. Um, there's a couple of pieces also in the outfield that they need to go get. But I think the Padres are right there, and and they should be they should be excited about the future uh, of the of baseball in uh, in San Diego. And maybe Russell Westbrook gets that as well, right? A nice warm. Uh, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. His time in LA is effectively over. Whether whether he hits, whether he scores 45 points next game or not, it's over. I wanted to ask you, Fernando, going back to the Chargers. Oh man, it's just so sad for for me to see it. I'm not even a Chargers fan, but to see a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, you know, lose Rashawn Slater for most of the year, lose Joey Bosa for a substantial period of time. Now J.C. Jackson likely out for a long period of time and maybe the rest of the season mike williams couple weeks with a supposed high ankle sprain justin herbert doesn't look the same as he did the last couple seasons Uh, maybe that's because of the injury early in the chiefs game Uh, it just seems like this i hate to say it it's seven games in but it seems like this team season is effectively over well i mean when you look at it too and this is and this is no knock on it but it's just the god honest truth Behind Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, they don't have anything. And that's the thing is that fans are like, oh, well, Michael Bandy showed out in preseason. Dude, that's preseason. Joshua Palmer, Josh Palmer was really good during preseason. Again, or training camp. Yeah, that was preseason and training camp. What's going to happen when these dudes finally come out on the field? And Palmer's had some okay games. He's had He had one game of seven catches for like 99 yards. Uh, he's had some okay games, but he hasn't made the impact that the Chargers were hoping he would make by this point. And he usually makes that impact when Keenan and Mike are both on the field. Well, buddy, that's not when they need you. They need you right now that Keenan's been out. Uh, Mike is, uh, has tried to shoulder it, but like, uh, it seems like only in away games, he's able, he has three, he has dating back to last season in the last five away games, he has over a hundred yards and I think he's averaging a touchdown as well. So Mike is producing. The only thing is nobody's helping him produce uh, outside of Gerald Everett and maybe, and uh, well, Austin Eckler and then Gerald Everett. 
but it's like they don't have anything behind. That's why uh, I was thinking, and I mean, the trade deadline's tomorrow. You need to go get something. Like if you're if you're really serious about, hey, we need to get we need to get this ship right. You need to go get somebody. And I know people are like, well, who are you going to go get? Well, I mean, I know this isn't a popular opinion, but Brandon Cooks is a guy who can help you. He's a burner. He's a guy that you need a burner. That's the thing this offense is missing. They're missing a burner. Uh, Brandon Cooks could be that for you. Jerry Judy, obviously off the table because I don't think the the Broncos will trade with the Chargers. Uh, maybe a, a Chase Claypool. I mean, another big size guy. I know he's the same as uh, basically Mike Williams. But go get somebody, uh, another, uh, uh, go get some more size, and, and maybe you can do something with him. Now, I don't see the Chargers giving up uh, draft picks, but I mean, I, I don't know. There, it's just, I, I, there, you have to go get something. Or on defense, go get another pass rusher. Robert Quinn's out there. Go do something to show these fans, hey, look, we're trying. You can't just bring up guys from the practice squad. There's a reason why these guys are on the practice squad. So it's just, it's my opinion, but man, they need they need to do something, and I, I think it'd be wrong if they went through the trade deadline and didn't make a move because they need to interject. They need they need some kind of PEDs or steroids into this season. <laughs> Maybe go get a guy that could help them uh, change the season around. But uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know if they'll do it, but I think they should. Fernando, let's play this out. I mean, like, like, like if this season progresses like it does for the Chargers, and, and, and again, you can really point to the guys who have been hurt. Does the fact that this team has not been healthy for basically this entire season, and they won't be, does that help Brandon Staley or Tom Telesco? Or it's like, hey, guys, we gave you enough time. We got to move on. I mean, Arash, if I can be completely honest, Tom Telesco's had 10 years yeah, now. Yeah. He's only made the playoffs twice, never won the division, and never made it to an AFC championship game. I mean, the writing's on the wall. Now, will the Spano family execute on that? I don't know, because I thought when Anthony Lynn was fired a couple of years ago, I thought uh, Tom Telesco was going with him, and he didn't. Last year when they made the playoffs, when they didn't make the playoffs, I thought, okay, um... That okay, maybe Tom. Uh, I think oh, I actually thought Tom was going to say last year because they could say, "Oh, hey, we were one game away," and look at all the injuries. The injury stuff is not going to. I don't think it's going to buy any more games. I don't think it buys any anybody any more any more time. I think I think uh, if they don't make the playoffs this year, they they really have to start looking at Tom Plesko now. The Brandon Staley one, I don't know because he was. I know he was handpicked by uh, the Spanos family because they loved him. They loved the energy that he brought. So I don't know about. I think Brandon's a little bit more safe. But I think, Tom, this is his third head coach. This would be another year without the playoffs. I, I really do think that Tom needs to make the playoffs for him to, to salvage this. So I just don't um, – I don't see how they don't make the playoffs and Tom comes out of this uh, still as the general manager of the Chargers. Fernando, did anyone talk about the turf? Again, I, I don't want to blame the turf at SoFi, and please, anyone at SoFi, don't get mad at me. But the number of knee <laughs> injuries on both teams – uh, you know, generally yeah. speaking, like you, you, you look at the turf. Uh, did, did anyone talk about that? No, nobody's really talked about it. But I know Odell's been uh, has been very active about it. He said that the tur- like he's come out about the turf. Other guys have come out about the turf, and it's like to be completely honest, what Arizona does. It, I mean, I think it'd be really smart for uh, other teams to do it. Like you put the um, you put the. Uh, you can bring out the 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 grass into the parking lot. Oh, yeah. You put more maintenance on it. It creates more jobs. Uh, you, you're able to do a lot more with it. I think more teams should do what Arizona did. 
the only thing is that putting turf is like the easiest thing yeah. and you don't really have to maintenance it all that much. So, but I mean, the other way, I think Arizona was really smart with what they did. You don't see that many injuries like that in Arizona. Um, and especially because it's also like, it never rains in there because obviously it's a, uh, enclosed stadium. So, I mean, I, I think that what Arizona did was smart. I thought more teams would follow that, especially because their stadium wasn't that expensive. I think they only paid 800, 800 million for it. Yeah. Um, well, 800 compared to what, or 500 million compared to what, uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's a steal. That's, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and that's why I thought San Diego was going to do a rush. I thought San Diego was going to build a stadium exactly like Arizona. You look at it. It's nice. Oh, you can perfect, hold concerts. Yeah. You can hold Super Bowls. You can do everything. I thought San Diego might follow that a couple of years ago, that blueprint. But obviously, uh, that's um, that's water under the bridge. But uh, but I just think that they should they should go more with grass. It's just that it's more maintenance. It's more having to hire more people, more this, more that. Um, but I, I think that that would be way better um, for stadiums to put natural grass especially when the players that are out there on the field are the ones complaining about it and talking about it. Uh, if the NFL really is about uh, player safety and everything, why not listen to the players and go back to natural grass? Yeah, and Fernando, I wanted to ask you quickly, I know you cover the Chargers, but the Rams, they have a big matchup against the 49ers this weekend. Christian McCaffrey now on the 49ers coming off of a blowout loss they had to the Chiefs. It seems like the Ram. This is a must-win for both teams. I feel like this is the division, despite the Seahawks winning games, despite you know the Cardinals even piecing together some wins. We all know at the end of the day, in what is it, eight, nine, ten weeks from now, this division will be between the 49ers and the Rams. In my personal opinion, what do you think the Rams with their offensive line can can beat a juggernaut defensively, although they didn't look like it against the Chiefs in the 49ers next week, if they're at full strength, which it looks like they will be? Well, I agree with you. I think this this is for the division. Um, obviously, the Rams are coming off their bye week. Uh, I, I just don't know how much the Rams could recover, especially with their left tackle now out. Their offensive line is just beat up. I thought by now the Rams might have made a move for like an offensive lineman or, or something. I know they tried to make the Christian McCaffrey move, which surprised me because I'm like, dude, your quarterback is still going to take a beating. Like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go get an offensive lineman or something to help? I know that obviously they would only be able to get one offensive lineman, but hey, one's better than none. Um, but I really do think that they need to. Uh, I really do think that that's going to be a divisional game. I think the. I think what the. Um, what the Patriot or Patriots, what Patrick Mahomes showed is that if you're able to move in the pocket and kind of move around and, and obviously, well, and see, that's the problem also. My bad. I'm jumping from thing to thing, but the chiefs have a really good offensive line and that's not what the Rams have. So I know some Rams fans will be like, Oh look, well, Patrick Mahomes was able to hit him. Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes has a, a hundred million dollar offensive line. Like they have so many pieces on there. Uh, and I think the Rams are gonna. I think the Rams are gonna suffer a little bit against that against that offensive line. So I think they're gonna really depend on the defense to stop Jimmy G, slow him down, slow down Debo, slow down Ayuk, uh, and slow down McCaffrey. But that's easier said than done because uh, McCaffrey will have a week under his belt. He just isn't gonna show up on a Friday and be like, "Hey, I'm playing on Sunday." So uh, so definitely, it's gonna be interesting to see kind of how the Rams decide to come out and play. But uh, but I really do think that this is going to be a divisional game. But um, I just think the 49ers are are kind of a step ahead of uh, of the Rams just because of that defensive line compared to the offensive line of the Rams. 
Fernando, last two minutes with you. Uh, what's what's the key here for the Chargers? The bye week comes to, uh, comes to a good time for them, but to be honest, a lot of these injuries are not are, will not be healed in one week. What's the key for this team? Well, I mean, obviously, Arash is getting healthy, but at the same time, I'm telling you, like, if you go into Atlanta with only Keenan Allen out there with, I mean, obviously, Josh Palmer and some of these other receivers, it's going to be tough for them. I'm telling you, I, I, I would consider making a trade. I know I don't think yeah. they will, though, but I would consider trading for a receiver, somebody who maybe um, a team doesn't want, maybe you, you can get a third-round pick out of her. And then Brandon Cook's contract, I think, is up after this season. So, I mean, it'd be a good a, a good third-round pick for Brandon Cook to bring him in, speed, um, and he can help your, your team out a lot. I just think that they need something there. And then, obviously, pass rusher. They're not getting any pressure from the other side opposite Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is trying his mightiest, and he he did um, he he is a disruptor. But man, you need somebody on the other side helping him out. If not, you're just basically Joey Bosa 2.0. Yeah. Like I pointed out to you guys uh, last season, Joey was getting triple teamed at times, and he was the only one still getting through compared to the other guys. Um, so definitely, uh, I think they should. I think they should execute a trade. I don't think they will just because they're going to say, hey, we have enough here. We can do this. We can uh, moving forward. But I just think that they need a little something to kind of show the fan base too. Man, I'm, I mean, honestly, Arash, when the, when the fans are coming after the reporters, <laughs> that's when you know, that's when you know, uh, spits hit the fan. Yeah. So uh, they're coming after us also. So I'm like, oh, dang, no. dude, like, chill out. Like, it's not even, we're not the ones on the field. So, uh, <laughs> So yeah, so I definitely, uh, definitely interesting to see it. But at least show your fans, hey, look, we're trying. Yeah. Here we go. We made a trade. <laughs> like fans were juiced when they got Khalil Mack yeah. and when they signed all these guys. We'll give them a little bit more juice exactly. uh, during the season. <laughs> but I, I just don't see them making a trade. Don't kill the messenger. All right, that, that's all the time exactly. we have for today, Fernando. You're the best. I'll, I will see you soon, my friend. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe, and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.